Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and beautiful Wednesday evening. As I stated earlier, for those who saw my um, uh, preview of uh, earlier, trying to encourage everybody to be sure to tune in and uh, set my phone down here, uh, trying to encourage everybody to tune in. And I hope everybody did have a good day and uh, couldn't ask for better. Uh, Dar Arlene Barker says no clicking. Well, good. Uh, she messaged me earlier and um, told me that, uh, uh, I'll respond back to her there. She's telling me that I, uh, uh, on the devotions last two days, there's a clicking noise. I didn't have no clue that it was making any kind of background noise. And uh, went back and looked. Sure enough, it's making some kind of weird clicking noise. So I went back and adjusted the audio. So I think I got it straight. Now, I noticed... Um, Sunday is making a weird like clicking noise. I thought, well, maybe it's just where it was when I was outside. And uh, uh, good morning, uh, good evening, <laughs> Kyla. And, and uh, there's somebody else that mentioned something too, Jamie and Linda Arnold and uh, Juanita White, Richard. And, but um, I noticed it's making some kind of weird noise. So I just thought it was uh, where I was outside. That's mayor's why I was doing it inside this evening. Because uh, I thought, well, it's, it's making that weird noise out there, and kind of find that is something to do with my audio. So, I uh, those neighbors are out mowing and such anyway, so it's probably better I've done it inside. Uh, uh, and plus, I'm a little closer to the Wi-Fi. I, I, Wednesday nights, I have the worst trouble. Uh, for whatever it is, I, I think it's where everybody's getting off work and are getting online. And because uh, Sunday night, I don't have a problem. Devotions in the mornings, I don't have a problem. Uh, me and Brandy uh, do our podcast on Saturday, no problems. For whatever reason, on Wednesday evenings, it's bad about wanting to crash either the, the Facebook or the um, uh, website. So hopefully, Lord willing, I'm a little closer to our uh, wireless device, and uh, maybe it'll it'll run a little smoother there. So, But uh, but anyway, let's go ahead and dive into God's Word this morning. And this morning so, I'm so used to doing morning devotions. You know, I mean, you got to think, I do these... Uh, devotion six days a week. We do the podcast on Saturday. So really seven days a week I'm ministry online. So it's hard to break uh, that, that of, of saying uh, good morning. So I apologize, but good evening. And so let us turn to our scripture this evening. We'll look at uh, Psalm 119, 114, very short uh, passage of scripture this evening. But it's 119, 114. Uh, Dad uh, always thinks it's funny. Remember, he said years ago, uh, someone asked if he if they wanted him to, uh, or asked if he wanted them to read a passage of scripture. And Dad said, "Yeah, Psalm 119." And they said the guy looked at it and looked at it because it's a extremely long chapter. He said all of it. <laughs> Dad said, and started laughing. Said the guy didn't think it was that funny. But anyway, um, 119, 114. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. And as me old Pappy always says, bless this reading, the hearing of it to our hearts. And uh, don't see any prayer requests um, popping up as I'm speaking. But if you do have any prayer concerns, uh, be sure and to uh, uh, put those in the comments there. And uh, we'll be sure and uh, address those either later or uh, if nothing else, they can pray uh, for one another, man. That's what we're, we're called to do. But uh, but I know for a fact we do need to be praying for Rama. Well, what is the math me tonight? Ron and Thelma Thompson. We need to be praying for them. 
Uh, I tell you, I don't drink. I really don't. Uh, Ronna Thelma Thompson. Uh, I know Verda Campbell messaged me, and I pray for her sister and Richard Campbell's sister, uh, father rather, uh, and um, Wendy Lee. Uh, we need to definitely be praying for her. Uh, Ginger Hood, uh, definitely Kim Penix, definitely to be keeping her in prayer. Um, trying to think uh, for our nation. Thank you, Kyle. I'm definitely for our nation without a doubt. We need to definitely be praying for our nation uh, with all the turmoil and everything that's going on right now and the chaos and the anarchy. Uh, we definitely uh, need prayer. Even for right here in our own town, we need prayer. Uh, my daughter's telling me, said that uh, there was something going around, said that they may, uh, they're, they're calling out uh, individuals to cause some uh, uh, damage to uh, personal property and uh, um, businesses this evening, so let's hope pray that don't happen. And uh, I tell you what, this is the wrong area to be. Uh, just if, if any of these people are watching, this is not the area to be, be destroying personal property. There's uh, there's there's some good old boys around here, and they, well, let's just say it would it'd be in your best interest not to do those things. But anyway. Um, I'm trying to think who else to pray for. Oh gosh, I get so many. Uh, uh, I know Angie Watson missed me here a little while back about her grandchild. I need to get back with her and see how that went. Um, trying to think. Uh, there are so many I get on a daily basis. I'll be, I told me praying for, and uh, but God knows those needs. But uh, let's go ahead and go for the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. And uh, Lord, thank you for this uh, wonderful and beautiful day that you bless us with. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for allowing us to come together and worship, even if it is online. And uh, Lord, I just want to lift up our nation right now. Uh, Lord, I pray for peace as we pray for uh, every morning since this has uh, broke out and happened. And we do pray for the family of George Floyd, and uh, we do pray for healing upon our land and that uh, these these people, that uh, the God of this world has blinded, that you'll touch the hearts and minds before it's too late. And Lord, I just pray that uh, you'll help us all to be a witness for you and uh, let us serve you well. Uh, Lord, I just want to lift up these individuals that I just mentioned, uh, particularly Kim Penix and Roger Winters. I uh, pray that you'll be with Ron and Thelma Thompson. I uh, pray, Lord, that you'll be with uh, uh, so many others. Lord, I, I wish I could remember them all. There's just so many. Uh, uh, Verna Campbell's sister and uh, Richard Campbell's father. Uh, Lord, I just pray that um, Ginger Hood and uh, Linda Feathers and uh, Lord, just uh, all the all the concerns, whether spoken or unspoken, Lord, that your will be done in each and every situation, Lord, and just uh, lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, I, uh, sorry about that. I just uh, cannot, uh, it's hard to remember all the prayer concerns, even when I got the list right in front of me and read them uh, in front of um, the congregation. It's hard to, uh, to keep track of them all, but I, I, I do the best I can. But God's far greater than I am. He knows every one of your all's needs that are watching, and, uh, and he, he will answer those according to his will. Um, as far as announcements go, uh, of course, don't forget uh, that we will have church inside uh, this Sunday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m., uh, and uh, we encourage wearing masks, but they are not mandatory. It is to your discretion, and we do encourage the social distancing, but uh, we will have the 1 a.m. service, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m., and we'll also be live on 98.5 WTFM, and we'll also uh, be live on our, here on social media and uh, our website, flbconline.com, 
And, uh, of course, we'll continue to do online services on Sunday night, waste nights at 6 o'clock and 7 p.m. So uh, be sure and come out and join us this Sunday if you can. But, uh, again, uh, you know, as Kyla said, we need to pray for our nation, and we need to pray for our police officers, too. i tell you what, they, uh, uh, I've told Dad, this is going to get to the point where nobody wants to be a police officer anymore. I really uh, it just broke my heart. There's a, someone on my, I won't mention by name, but there's someone on my social media, her husband's a police officer, her children uh, said, uh, you know, they were, they were scared and worried to death, and that just, man, that just killed me. It really did, and... I hope our officers know that they are truly loved, they are needed, they are appreciated, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of good men and women out there who are um, uh, really wanting to do the right thing and uh, really want to protect us and is on the right side of the law. And we can't, uh, just because there's a couple of bad apples, let's not um, try to paint all police officers with a broad brush because they are, I have good friends that are, uh, men and women who uh, are really trying to do the right thing. So uh, let's really be praying for these um, these individuals and their families. Uh, I can't imagine the fear uh, that uh, their families must experience every time they walk out that door. So uh, uh, really be praying for them. I just uh, my heart goes out right now. It's a it's a bad time. You know, as bad as this is with this George Floyd incident, uh, you know, there was a, a African American uh, retired police officer who was shot and killed. Uh, they showed several other police officers who've been shot. Uh, they did survive. Uh, they showed, um, uh, gosh, uh, another police officer. She got hit in the head with a rock and hurt her real bad. I mean, so here, you know, as bad as that is, they're making a bad situation far worse and attacking the very people that's trying to keep her goofy rear end safe. You know, it's it's a shame. It really is. So. Well, let's go ahead and look at our Bibles this evening. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 7. We're going to read verses 26 and 20, uh, I'm sorry, 26 through 28 and see how far we get, and then we may go ahead and dive into uh, Romans 8 and look at 1 through 6, depending on what uh, time will allow, but we'll see uh, how far we get and uh, where, where we go with this here. But uh, Hebrews chapter 7, verses 26 through 28, For it is indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens, he has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily for his own sins. And then for those of the people, since he did this once for all, when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests, but the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. Let's go ahead and have another quick word of prayer, please. Uh, dear the Father, Lord, again, we just come before you and... Um, Lord, I pray that you guide us in your word this evening, uh, Lord, uh, that you will uh, let your spirit fill each and every home that is watching, uh, that your spirit will fill my home, uh, Lord, that you will guide and direct me in this teaching, that you will give, put the words in my, my mouth that you would have me to say. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, the, what is taught tonight uh, will be used to be uh, to equip and to edify, and most importantly, to glorify you, Lord. Let us serve you well in all areas of our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so we're going to look here, uh, we're looking at, again, Hebrews chapter 7, uh, verses 26 uh, through 28 for anybody who's uh, just now tuning in. So uh, we're looking at this here, and um, uh, in verse 26 in particular, it says, For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest that is holy. All right, now, first of all, we look at that word holy uh, in the Greek, uh, uh, hosios, 
uh, is what we see there. And we can see uh, that term, that word, holy, uh, being used in, in different areas of the Bible. Uh, we can see that in Acts uh, chapter 2 and 13. We see that in Revelation 15 uh, and 16. We see it in Titus 1 verse 8 in regards to uh, bishop. And uh, it also describes really the the uh, the, the faithfully uh, the, describe those who faithfully do their duty to God. We got here in a second, but uh, and so uh, that's why we see that Jesus Christ was set was set apart from uh, the Levitical priest. You know, remember he's in the order of Melchizedek, no beginning, no end. Uh, that um, you know, remember as we discussed before that those who are in order of of, uh, of the um, Levitical priests, they they you know had to be born. Into they could pop up and say I want to be a priest one day. They had to be of the lineage of Aaron. They had you know they, all these different things that they had to do. But Jesus Christ was set apart from the rest of these uh, uh, priests, and that's why that makes him the high priest. That he was holy. That he was innocent. All right. That he he knew no sin. All right. And so we see that unstained that amiantos uh, amiantos. Uh, 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 that unstained, uh, that he was, uh, when we look at the word innocent, uh, that we see uh, also in the word um, uh, akakos, uh, which is, um, he never hurt anyone. Uh, it is the um, uh, direct antithesis of kakia, uh, of evil, uh, that he uh, was uh, very much uh, good. I mean, he was perfect. I mean, obviously, he was very fully God, and he was fully man. He was completely innocent. He knew no wrong. Uh, you know, and, and that's what uh, made him so much more special uh, and uh, to be perfect enough uh, to atone for our sins. And when, uh, you know, obviously a earthly man, an earthly priest, uh, he had sin. You know, there's daily rituals that uh, a priest had to uh, had to do. You know, he had to, um, first, before he could, you know, in the Day of Atonement, uh, before that he could enter into uh, the temple and enter into the Holy of Holies, uh, he had to uh, make a sacrifice for his sins. First, he had to to wash, and he had to take off his very colorful clothing. Uh, he had to put on uh, white linen. He had to buy a, um, uh, a, a, a cattle from his own money, and then he would lay his hands upon uh, that uh, that cow and uh, to transfer his sins over to that before that sacrifice. And then he would make a prayer to ask for forgiveness or for what he has done and his sins. And uh, it was a whole ritual. Why? Because he was sinful. See, he had to make a, um, uh, a sacrifice to atone for his sins. But Jesus Christ, who knew no sins, uh, who knew no sin, he actually had to sacrifice himself to atone for our sins once and forever. See, that's the difference between how, see, again, remember, uh, you know, in Hebrews here, you know, he, he, where he's trying to explain, because, you know, as I, as I was talking about Sunday night, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but I just feel the need to kind of go back and hit a few things here and there, uh, is the fact that, you know, remember, they were being persecuted. They wanted to go back uh, to the uh, uh, the Jewish way of life and go back uh, to doing uh, what the what the Old Testament law was telling them to do. And he's trying to show them a new way, a new covenant, a new oath, a new way of doing things that was far superior, far better than what they were doing. You know, it's so easy to uh, for us to get caught up in our day-to-day -day lives. It's so easy to get caught up in tradition. It's so easy to get caught up in, in so many rituals uh, that man has laid out. 
Uh, sometimes a lot of a lot of traditions within the church people think is doctrine. They think is is uh, uh, is sacred. They think it's biblical. You know, and you know, just like uh, the Shakespeare. Uh, you know, this too shall pass. You know, a lot of people think that's in the Bible. And so, you know, it is. Um, uh, uh, so we have to be very careful about those kind of things that so we don't fall into uh, what man says we should do. That we, Anything uh, that is not bring glory to God, anything that is uh, taking glory from God, we need to be very careful of. We need to watch that and be very aware of that because, uh, you know, there's a lot of legalism that's creeped into the churches, a lot of uh, uh, New Age stuff that's creeped into the churches that where man is compromised on the Bible. You know, it still amazes me. Uh, to no end that there is actually pastors out there who do not believe in the whole word of God. That blows my mind. And it's nice to see in the background my uh, neighbor out there mowing without his shirt on. That is, uh, that really, that makes me really happy. So, but anyway, I'm glad y'all got to see that as well. But, uh, but anyway, uh, it is, uh, it amazes me that there are people out there who, uh, uh, don't believe in the whole word of God. And as a result, of course, they're going to compromise with the world. They're going to make allowances for sin. They're going to do these things. Why? Because these, you know, the God of this world has corrupted their minds and their hearts. You know, God's word says, you know, not everybody says, Lord, Lord's going to uh, enter into the kingdom of heaven. You know, we it's, it's a sad state of affairs. And that uh, that there is these these types of men and women, you know, even though I don't know, it's unbiblical and I don't agree with female pastors uh, that are misleading uh, a whole uh, a whole lot of uh, individuals in the wrong way. And so uh, uh, we have to be very careful. We need to pray for that discernment. We need to pray uh, for that wisdom so that we can spot these kind of things. And it's a it's a sad thing when. Uh, when people are not reading their Bibles and all they're doing is following man. And that's, uh, that's a real problem uh, amongst the Christian community. And so we got to be very careful. That's like Dan and I both always tell you. Don't take our word for it. You research it. You study it. All right. He's walking back through there and uh, wasn't enough that we had to watch him on his lawnmower. Now he's going <laughs> to... I'm sorry, guys and girls. I, uh, <laughs> we got a half-naked man in the background here. Let me see if maybe I can... There we go. Well, we will see. All right. <laughs> He's going to follow the camera. All right. I'm sorry. We won't do this again. All right. Just my luck when I'm going to have service. That's what my neighbor wants to walk around without his shirt on. But anyway, let's get back into this. So um, we see that he was unstained, that he would, he knew no sin. He did not have that, uh, that, uh, uh, that taint, if you will, of sin as man did. That he's separated from sinners, and now understand that uh, that when we see that separated from sinners, that you know obviously uh, he was separate for the fact that he was, uh, uh, you know, he was he was he was God, and he was also man, you know. But he was separated from sinners in the fact that he was he was uh, he was tempted in every way possible that we were that we are tempted, and he passed the test, you know. When, you know, and I've talked about this before, and the fact that. You know, when we're tempted, we only get just a, a tip of the iceberg, if you will, in our temptations. And we, you know, we're, we're going to fall. We're imperfect people. We, we could never uh, understand the full effect, uh, the full power of temptation that could uh, directly affect us 
uh, to truly test our metal, if you will, uh, as Christ did. You know, we only get just a just a, a brief inkling of that temptation. Look how we fall. You know, it's so easy to do, and you know, it's so easy to feel such guilt and such conviction uh, in uh, when we do when we do sin and when we do mess up. It is, uh, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day. You know, it's so easy to get in that vicious circle of of sin. You ask for forgiveness, sin. You ask for forgiveness, and you know, and you just feel like you. You know, you're just on this uh, this merry-go-round, and it just you know, you want to get off. You know, it's like, what does it take? And it, it is tough. And it, all thing you can do is um, is try to really spend time in prayer. We know our weakness. I know my weaknesses. You know, I don't have to be reminded of my sins daily. I know what I do uh, it, that's uh, my weak points, and I have to make take extra precautions to avoid that. And uh, of course, one of my biggest weak points is my temper. I have to really, man, you know, it's like I try so hard and I'll do good for a little while and then all of a sudden, bam, something happens and it, you know, makes me have a short fuse and then I feel really bad. You just don't realize when I lose my temper, I beat myself up so bad. That or any sin that I do and when I mess up, I beat myself up so bad and I lay there in bed and I'm thinking, oh, I could have said, I could have avoided this. I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have reacted this way. I shouldn't have responded that way. I should have just shut up. I shouldn't have done. And it just drives you crazy, you know? And But here's the thing. We're, we're all sin-filled, all right? We're, we're all a mess, if you want to say. You know, there's none righteous, no, not one. We're all imperfect people. And so uh, that's, you know, but God understands that. And that's one thing we'll get into here a little bit too, is that mediator between us and Christ, you know, because he bridges that gap between us and God. And, uh, you know, so, you know, praise God for his grace and his mercy that he don't give up on us, that the first sign of trouble, the first sign that we mess up, he knows that. He knows we're going to mess up. So praise God that he still forgives us and he doesn't give up on us. And I think that's what the old devil wants us to think of, is that, uh, you know what, God's going to give up on you. God doesn't want you. God doesn't love you. You're not really saved. That's what the old devil wants to whisper in our ears all the time, is to say, you know what, you're not worthy. And guess what? Without Jesus Christ, we're not worthy. Ain't none of us uh, worthy except for the Father without Jesus Christ in our hearts. Our, our, our best is but filthy rags for the sights of God. And so that's why we have to uh, strive daily to stay in the Word, to stay in prayer, to, to, to strive to have spiritual growth. See, that was, the, again, the very problem here in Hebrews. They were dull of hearing. They had were not growing. They were still on milk. And that is the biggest problem with Christians today. There is no growth. That's why? Because they've been grown apathetic. They've become complacent. Uh, they've gotten bored in their walk as Christians. Why? Well, it should be no surprise because they quit going to church. It's no longer important. I, you know, I don't mean to make anybody feel bad out there, and I'm not trying to uh, uh, be nasty in any way, shape, form, or fashion. But you've got people who are so involved in their children's lives, they go to this travel ball, whether it's baseball or volleyball, and they're chasing that around. They're missing church Sunday after Sunday or Wednesday nights or at ball uh, or whatever it may be. And, uh, you know, 
I understand, you know, wanting to be involved in your kid's life. But remember what God's word says. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. What is your priority? What are you putting first? What are you teaching your children? You know, that's one thing, you know, I was talking about uh, in, uh, in biographies, uh, in Christian biographies I like to read. And uh, I told you about the, the book Pure Gold by Eric, I don't know if it's Little or Liddell. I don't know how the best way to enunciate his last name. But anyway... He refused to run on Sunday because he, he said that as the day he reserved for the Lord. And it almost cost him uh, his, his gold medal, but he refused to run on a Sunday. And that spoke volumes because he was demonstrating what was most important in his life. Not a gold medal, not fame, not fortune, but God was most important in his life. And I know it's not what people want to hear. And I'm not saying you're less of a Christian, but it will hurt and directly affect your growth if you're making excuses to stay out of church. If every Sunday, well, uh, I'm going to go fishing this Sunday, or we're going to go hiking this Sunday, or we're going to go for a ride this Sunday, or we're going to do this this Sunday, and you're missing service after service after service after service. And guess what? Your walk with Christ is going to be stunted. It's going to be dull. You're not going to be excited. And it's, you've got to force yourself to go to church. You've got to force yourself to read your Bible. And every time you have to read your Bible, it's, <sighs> let me read this. You know, it's just, no, there's no excitement. There's no joy. And we need to have a zeal for Jesus Christ. We need to have an excitement for Jesus Christ. We need to be on fire for him. We need to be excited about church. We need to be excited about reading our Bibles. We need to be excited about learning and growing more. But unfortunately, more people are excited about binge watching on Netflix than they are in studying and reading the Word of God. And you know what? Uh, the stupid TV, I, th I think that's one of the biggest distractions the old devil uses to uh, deter us in our walk uh, with the Lord. And, uh, you know, I'm guilty of it. I, I don't know why I watch too much television. And But that's one thing that worries me with uh, churches being closed is that it, it, we already had a problem with complacency and apathy before this, ep this pandemic happened. And uh, we were forced to close our, our doors. It worries me that that will grow exponentially more because now people see the convenience of staying at home and watching online, the convenience of not having to get up and get dressed and they can sit and watch a service right here on social media or on our website and they well, I, I, you know, I've watched, what does it matter? But are you really watching? You know, some of you may be truly watching and listening and trying to learn. Others may be on that phone watching television, what what do you say? Oh, I don't know, yeah. Watch tell, you know, there's too many distractions. But see, there's a reason why we have we need to come together with like-minded believers. There's a reason why God put that into place. It helps us to grow. It helps us uh, to we you know to not forsake our assembling ourselves together. You know, we need that to to come together so that we can build each other up. And when you when two or more gather together, God is there. Man, that's important that we uh, do not neglect uh, our church uh, gatherings. And, um, you know, and I know that uh, may sound a little uh, uh, weird, you know, since I'm doing online service, but I'm kind of forced to have to do this on Sunday night, Wednesday night because of my health, because uh, I have no immunity. I catch everything coming and going. And uh, so I, I don't really have a whole lot of choice, but um, that's why I try to minister seven days a week because I want to get the word of God out. I want to preach the gospel. I want to get out there and help people. You know, there's a lot of times you all don't realize a lot of mornings I wake up and I, I am 
so sick. It's all, I, 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 just, I just don't want to get out of bed, but I have to force myself. And, and uh, you know, a lot of times it'd be easy to make the excuse of saying, well, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it. And, you know, and if I, if there's any way possible, I'm, I'll do my best to do a, a, um, a morning devotion. Why? Because I love Jesus Christ. And it is my responsibility as a pastor, as a teacher, uh, as an encourager, uh, to do those devotions each morning. So, because my hope is to help you, to encourage you, to help you grow, to help you learn, uh, to help you grow to Christ-likeness. That is my goal each and every day. That's why I make myself do that. And, um, uh, you know, and I try to do at least 20 minutes every morning. Sometimes it may be a little less. Sometimes it may be a little more. But I try to do that every morning because I want to help you. I want to, uh, you know, like Dad said, you know, he, he likes the term instead of pastor, spiritual coach. You know, I'm, I'm your coach. I'm the one that tries to get you to the locker room and say, listen, here's what you got to do. We're down at the at the third and, and uh, we got, uh, uh, we're at halftime and we've got to make it. We, we can beat this team. You know, that's what we got to do to encourage each other and be honest with you i don't even know how i got way off on that tangent but anyway uh oh he was talking about being separated from sinners because he was he was uh tempted every way that we that we are and that's one thing we could take hope and encouragement in isn't the fact that uh that jesus christ relates and understands to our temptations he understands that you know we don't have a god who is so separate from us that when we sin and we mess up, we can't look up and say, well, you don't understand. You don't know what it's like. You don't know, uh, you know, uh, you've never been through this. See, we can't say that because Jesus Christ has been tempted every way that we have been tempted. And so uh, he does understand. And so, you know, I think that's what uh, makes his grace and, and mercy that much more special because he knows he has been through that. But he come out unscathed. He never gave in to that temptation as we have because we are weak and we are sinners. But he understands and he has been there. So praise God for that. You know, praise God for that. Because when we sin and mess up, it's easy to hang your head and be like, ah, why? You know, but we can bring it for God. We ask for forgiveness and praise God that he's faithful and just to forgive us for our sins when we mess up. Uh, we go on here, it says, uh, and exalted above the heavens. Now, we see that here about being exalted above the heavens. We see that, uh, uh, again, talking about uh, his, uh, his ascension into heaven. You know, it is um, uh, very interesting. Again, uh, in my daily devotions, I'm still in John and reading. And, and of course, we, uh, I was talking about Sunday night, uh, you know, about his um, death on the cross. Uh, but, uh, you know, as we read about his death, burial, and resurrection, uh, it's very interesting, uh, you know, how uh, uh, when he rose from the grave that, uh, you know, he walked with the disciples just for a little bit before he revealed himself. I thought it was very interesting that he had done that. And here they were, they were so upset uh, to lose uh, their best friend, their teacher, their mentor. And uh, then he revealed himself and he ate with them. And he, revealed, he revealed himself five more times and before he ascended into heaven. And I think that speaks volumes. Uh, well, I know it's not that thing, but I know that that speaks volumes in the fact that we do have a, we do worship and believe in a risen Savior. No other religion has that. Every other religion has a dead God. We have a risen Savior that we trust and believe in. And, uh, you know, and so our God is alive. And he ascended into heaven. And uh, again, he's going to return. 
uh, you know, again, remember, there's a distinction between the rapture and his second coming. Remember, there is that distinction. There are those out there who have argued that with me, but there are there is a distinction between the two. One day we will be raptured out of this place. You know, and I was talking about this morning. We was looking at Revelation uh, 6, 7, and 8 and uh, talking about the end times and, you know, explaining is this uh, this virus a um, uh, an indication uh, that this is uh, the apocalypse, that this is one of the uh, the um, uh, diseases uh, that's going to that the Bible speaks about, and, and as I explained this morning, you know uh, that is um, that's taking place in the first three and a half years of the tribulation is going to wipe out a, a quarter of the world, and, and we average what you know, roughly rounding off to about eight hundred million people, and that this was a um, uh, once in a century type of pathogen that it doesn't you know look necessarily look that way. But I think a lot of people, uh, you know, they infer into Scripture and use some Scripture out of context for one or two reasons. I think that one, that uh, they're, you know, they're not well versed enough and they, they share it erroneously. Uh, not to put anybody down, I'm just making a statement. But two, I think some people do it because they are so in such anticipation of the rapture. They're so excited about God's return is, is that that every earthquake, volcano, disease, uh, you know, because you know, because you know, this this COVID thing, whether people, you know, whether you think it's real or imagined, is actually uh, uh, is um, I think ten times more cases than that of SARS. I think it said. But um, uh, is that they're in anticipation that we're almost, we're almost it's not that we're getting to see bad things happen, but we want, you know, it's kind of like we see these signs. We're kind of like, oh, boy, is this, is this going to be it? You know, are we going to be raptured out? Is this, is this the moment? Is this the time? And, uh, it, you know, it, when we see these things happen, as God's word says, you know, we should be excited. We should look forward to it. There's a lot of people who live in fear. and We can't live in fear that that one day Jesus Christ is going to rapture us out of here. I hope that I see it in my lifetime. That would be great to go to heaven with my whole family. That would be uh, getting a toll-free call coming in. But I want to sell, to sell me something on my car's warranty. But, uh, you know, so, you know, it, it's going to be a great day when we all get to go uh, together. Because, you know, I don't, I don't, I know this is selfish. I don't want to deal with uh, my close loved ones dying. I don't want to deal with that. I, you know, in fact, I pray, Lord, just take me before you take any of them. You know, if death must come, take me. You know, I don't want to deal with that. But I hope we, the God, Jesus Christ will come. You know, all these people, in fact, I was sharing a, uh, uh, a link with my dad the other day where this, this professor uh, was saying that um, heaven uh, was a um, uh, was uh, was a facade and that people that believe in that were truly misled and that uh, it is the cause of uh, so many uh, problems uh, amongst these people who are uh, or are um, who believe this erroneously. And even Dad wrote back saying, "Hey, he's he's going to believe one day. That's for sure. You know, every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord." But uh, you know, this guy, uh, the God of this world, has blinded him. And I can assure you that heaven is real. And these people who think that they're so smart and so intelligent, one day we're going to be raptured out of here in the twinkling of an eye. It's faster than a blink of an eye. And these people are then going to believe. And then they're going to be like, what happened? Makes you wonder how their science is going to justify that, you know? I mean, you know, Christianity used science too. It's not that we're we're outside the, the bubble of science. It's not that, not that all science is wrong. But uh, it's the fact that remains is 
all these people who try to to use the religion of science uh, to discount God or uh, wonder what they're going to do when we are raptured out of here. And I, I tell you, I look, uh, you know, I don't want to be here. You know, I, I want to go to heaven, but uh, I would love to see the look on their faces when we go, bye. <laughs> so, you know, but it's going to happen. And so that's what it's talking about here. Not so much the rapture, but it's talking about exalted above the heavens, talking about his ascension. In verse 27, he has no need like those high priests to offer sacrifices daily for his own sins and then for those of the people since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. So again, I kind of jumped ahead a little bit uh, talking about the priest who uh, uh, had to go through all these rituals uh, to atone for their sins and offer up a sacrifice for their sins uh, on the Day of Atonement before they could uh, offer up a sacrifice for the other people's sin. Remember, it's the high priest. You, know, you had the uh, the uh, the priests who were below him who kind of done the the menial work, but it was the high priest who go in the to the to the holy of holies uh, there in uh, uh, during the day of atonement. And remember, you know, and that's what Jesus Christ. You know, here he was perfect, knew no sin, he had to do none of those rituals, but he gave himself as that sacrifice to atone for our sins. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests, but the word of the oath which came later, then the law appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. So again, you know, man is um, um, is weak. Man is sinful. Man is, uh, you know, uh, again, as we were talking about before, that, you know, these priests, you know, they die and, and uh, have to be replaced. But Jesus Christ, that high, you know, he is the high priest that is forever. Uh, he is perfect. He was without sin. He's the one that's going to live forever. He will not ever be replaced. Uh, so it, it, that's what that's referring to uh, there on that. So now let's go ahead in chapter 8, uh, looking at verse 1. It says, Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. So, you know, you know, here we're talking about this order, uh, this, this line of Melchizedek, no beginning, no end. But what, no higher honor could there be than to sit at the right hand of the Father, that exalted uh, position uh, that Christ has received. You know, it, it's not, you know, that, that, that uh, Christ took... Uh, uh, selfish joy uh, in the fact that um, he, uh, he was going to be in, in a, a ma he's going to be a majesty. He's going to be uh, uh, exalted above all others. I saw he took that that selfish giddy joy because he knew he had the work that he had to do, and that's what he was focused on. And um, in fact, it was talking about oh goodness, what is uh, was it Marcus Aurelius? I think it was. Uh, pretty sure it's Marcus Aurelius. He died at age fifty nine. Uh, because of his uh, servitude to the people, uh, he was so focused on his work uh, that he literally said he literally died uh, trying to uh, make sure that um, uh, the people had what they needed and that when he uh, attained a certain level uh, in his um, position, uh, that he had to move away from his hometown to this um, more of an exalted position, earthly position, uh, that uh, he didn't take no joy in that because uh, he knew the work he had to do. He knew that he had to serve the people. And that, that's Jesus Christ. You know, he was, he, even though he's exalted into that position, he, uh, his main concern was to, uh, uh, to make sure that um, uh, the people were taken care of. Uh, a minister in the holy places uh, in the true tent the Lord has set up, not man. Now we can look at um, Exodus 25, 40. Let me get over here. Exodus, Genesis, Exodus. It, uh, it does come before Psalms. 
Exodus 2540. Let's see here. Get over here. Let's see, 2540. And see that you make them after the pattern for them, which is being shown you on the mountain. Now, when we see that there, uh, the uh, uh, it is stated that um, that Moses, you know, of course, obviously he was given uh, the uh, uh, Ten Commandments. That as, as far as the temple goes, that it was uh, that God had actually kind of gave him the blueprints, or kind of had a uh, may have shown him a design of what um, uh, the temple was supposed to be. You know, there was the courtyard, there was the holy of holies. It was all set up in certain ways. That this just wasn't come. That this wasn't just designed uh, on his own. Uh, that um, uh, that God revealed that to him, showed that to him on how to to set this up in the way that it's supposed to be, and, you know. And we see that there, the true tent. You know, it is. Uh, uh, let's see. I'm trying to make sure I'm not jumping ahead here. Yeah, I want to jump ahead here. Let me wait just a second. I'll read it all down, then we'll get to what I was getting ready to say. I, I hate I hate I jumped ahead a little bit earlier. Let me go on down a little bit. Um, for every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices that is necessary for the priest also to have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve a copy and a shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. So I jumped ahead anyway. <laughs> the fact that uh, that, that Christ, uh, God had shown him uh, that pattern. Now, remember that the writer here of Hebrews, you know, any good writer is going to try to use... Um, uh, things that um, uh, the readers can relate to, uh, things that they can understand. You know, uh, I love to write, and I love to uh, have a very overactive imagination. But again, when you're writing, you got to use uh, analogies and things that uh, that you know whoever's going to read it uh, can kind of have an idea uh, of what uh, what's being said. So in this instance, you know, uh, the Greeks and, and, and those of this time, uh, they saw the world in two different ways. They saw the, uh, a world that um, uh, was real and true and, uh, and that they thought this world was kind of a copy of that world. Now, uh, I like to watch a show. Uh, now, some of you all may have heard of it, may not have. Uh, and uh, people like my dad may zone out when I talk about this because I am a sci-fi geek. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's this show called Sliders. Now, it used to come on back in the mid-90s. And, and uh, what it was, he built this machine, and he could, as like a wormhole, and he would go from different Earths. It was like, it didn't go back in time or nothing. It was like the same, you know, it was the same time period, uh, but it was a different world. Just like, say, for example, the, the he's go to one world and say uh, America lost World War II and the Nazis took over. He'd go to one world and he run into his double and he was rich and famous and uh, become something completely different than what he was. You know, he, these different worlds. Well, uh, they believed in, in that there was just a, a, a reality, a world that was more real than this one, and this one paled in existence, that uh, Plato and some of these others, that uh, you see a, a chair, and that chair was just a pale representation of what a real chair is, uh, you know, things like that, and, and so then we see that here, uh, that they serve a copy and a shadow of the heavenly things, 
that these things that we see here is just a pale comparison to the real, the reality of the of the real worlds elsewhere, you know. And so we kind of look at that to a certain extent uh, and, and apply it uh, to what they were seeing here and the fact that these earthly priests, you know, they had to go to God on your behalf. But Jesus Christ, who lived in, uh, that uh, was the real representation, the real high priest, uh, was the bridge between us and God. There is no longer do we have to go through this, this earthly priest uh, in order to reach to God, that Jesus Christ bridged that gap to God, and we have a direct line between us and God. Is that not a wonderful thing? Is the fact that, you know, we no longer have to go through man, that Jesus Christ, because of what he'd done, his sacrifice on the cross, what he, the old, the old law, the old way of doing things has, has gone away, that now, all right, we have direct line of communication. The reason why I keep harping on that direct line of communication is the fact that there are so many people who don't take advantage of that. It blows my mind. You know, it, at so many times I have uh, uh, talked to people and they're, they're pouring out their heart. They're pouring out their problems. And, and that's fine and well and good. That's what I'm here for. I, I'm, I, I do counseling. That's what I do. But it is, uh, amazes me that many times that I've asked, have you brought this before God? Have you prayed about this? No. I, I, that, uh, maybe it's the way I've been raised. Maybe, uh, I don't know, whatever the case may be. But to me, that is the first thing you do. You know, I, I can't imagine any other way to than to confess those things, to talk to God Almighty. We have a direct line of communication. We can talk directly to God. And I say, why? And a lot of people are like, well, I don't know how to pray. And, I, you know, I said, let me tell you something my dad told me a long time ago. And you all may have heard this before, too is that, you know, pull up a chair, pretend like Jesus Christ is sitting there and just talk to him, you know? It, it, I think a lot of people feel intimidated because you hear people pray and they have this great oratorical prayers, you know? And, uh, I, I, you know, uh, when I hear, like when I was in graduate studies and I'd hear some of these guys pray, I was like, oh my gosh. And then when the professor say, Matt, won't you pray? I was like, oh man, I feel like a five-year-old up there trying to pray you know, compared to these guys. But you know what? You know, just like um, like that little story uh, with the two kids uh, said uh, one was asked to pray, and and uh, he was after he got done praying, then the kid looked at him and said, "Is that it? That's the best you got?" And he said, "I went talking to you." <laughs> so you know, it just did. I think a lot of people feel like you have to, you know, and, and to be honest with you, a lot of times when you hear these big oratorical, you know, great and mighty prayers. Nine times out of 10, they're just doing it for everybody else to hear. There's no sincerity there. It's probably been practiced and uh, it's just for everybody else. But when we pray, we need to pray with sincerity. And that's all I try to do. I just pretend when I pray, uh, whether it's for uh, uh, our uh, opening prayer for, uh, you know, people have prayer requests or stuff. I just want to pretend like nobody else is there and I just talk to God. And whether I can remember all the prayer concerns, great. If I don't, great. Because God, like I said at the beginning of this, God is greater. He knows all your hearts and minds. He knows all your needs. But pull up a chair, pretend like Jesus is sitting there, and just talk to him. That's all you got to do. You know, uh, when I pray, I like to... And before I even start, I like to ask for forgiveness for my sins. I like to ask for anything. Any first, I even pray if there's anything I I need to repent of and haven't. You know, let me confess that now. You know, I want to get that out of the way. I want to make sure that my heart is is in the right place and and cleansed before I before I come for God the Father. 
and, and then I just talk to him, I, you know, and, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of times I just repeat myself each morning and, and I don't mean to, but it's just, there's a lot of concerns I have, uh, and people that I pray for that I worry about, and it tends to kind of hit that, but you know, it's not like I have it written out and I, I say the same thing. It just, you know, there's, there's certain individuals I pray for each morning and that's what I try to do. But, um, uh, so just talk to it, you know, and then I try to finish up with, uh, and with, uh, with thanking him and, and, um, and praising him and, you know, whether it's at the beginning or at the end or what have you. And, uh, and just, uh, that the Lord give me discernment and wisdom for that day or for direction he wants me to in general. I mean, I think that's a lot of people, they, they neglect that, uh, that time with God, you know, they, they, they give a fleeting of, well, God, I need help with this, or God, I need help with that. And they get in a car and go on, or they see a cop behind them and they're like, Oh Lord, help me. You know, that's by the extent of their prayers, you know, or when bad things happen, then all of a sudden that's when their, their prayer life, uh, seems to, to, to skyrocket then. And uh, by then it's too late. You know, it is, we have to spend that time. It's not that, that we spend time in prayer or spend time in the word because we, we're warding off the, the bad, evil things. You know, it, we're seeking God's guidance out. You know, we're going to have trouble. And God's word told us that we're going to have trouble. We're going to have problems. We're going to have bad things that happen. Just because I think some people have the erroneous belief that when they uh, get saved, that all of a sudden all the good's going to happen and everything's going to go their way and no more trouble. And quite on the contrary, things are going to probably just be as bad or not worse uh, as a result of you getting saved because the devil don't like it. He don't like that you uh, are getting close to the Lord. He don't like that you're trying to serve Jesus Christ. And so he's going to attack you and he's going to attack the ones you love. And that's just, that's just par for the course. But that's why we have to learn from those experiences. We have to keep, we have to, you know, we're going to face trials, we're going to face tribulations. That's, that's why God's shaping us and molding us and trying to get us where he wants us to be. And it's a daily struggle that praise God that we can have an open line of communion. We have a direct line with, Jesus, with God and with Jesus Christ. And you need to take advantage of that. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, verse 6, but as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old as the covenant as he mediates. Or uh, I think the Greek is, um, I see... Mesites, Mesites, M-I-M-E-S-I-T-E-S, and I think it's a long E, Mesites, Mesites, I think it is. But uh, in fact, we can look at, um, I think it's Galatians, Galatians, Galatians 3, 19. Let me look over here, just be on the safe side here. Galatians 3, 19, come on, Galatians. Hold on here, there we go, Galatians 3. 19 says, why then the law, it was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made and it was put in the place through angels by an intermediary. All right, now an intermediary implies more than one, that God is one. So again, we see this here, this that mediates the intermediary since it is enacted on better promises. So well, things here. We have that intermediary, you know, as I was talking about, between us and God, between Jesus and God on our behalf. You know, we see that intermediary between uh, the children of Israel and God was Moses. 
Uh, we see intermediary in the, in the discussion with Job. And, you know, that, that person who tries to bring reconciliation between two people. Uh, you know, for those who may have been through divorce or through child custody, you know, you have to go to mediation sometimes. And it's very costly. You know, look like $100 an hour. I think that's a, a lot of work to get into to be a mediator. <laughs> but anyway, is uh, you know, that is that, that uh, uh, to try to reconcile the two differences, and that's what Jesus Christ does. He bridges that gap to reconcile uh, our, our, our sin-filled lives between us and God. You know, that's why Jesus Christ atoned for our sins. That's why he done that thing. But since he enacted on a better promise, again, uh, we're seeing here uh, that uh, he's trying to, the writer of Hebrews here is trying to explain to them a better way. Remember, they were, you know, they're trying to say, hey, I'm being persecuted. All these bad things are happening. Why should I bother to continue? Why not just go back to uh, the Jewish way of life, to go back to uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the to obeying the, the Old Testament law? It's so much easier, better. I won't be persecuted. I won't have my land taken. I won't have all these problems. It's just a whole lot easier. You know, and I think that's a problem with a lot of people today. They want easy. They don't want hard. They don't want struggle. Ain't nobody wants that, you know? And it, it, when I said that, it made me think of my dad years ago. Uh, I didn't want to go to school and I didn't want to go to work. And he said, who does? Nobody wants to, but you have to. He said, you think everybody wants to get up, go to school, go to work? And, uh, and I was like, yeah, that's true. So, But uh, nobody wants hardship. Nobody wants to struggle. But look at our reward. Remember, we are, we are passing through this world uh, looking forward to a better world, a far better world. And uh, remember, all these pains, all these things we deal with are only temporary. You know, I think sometimes we're dealing with something. We feel like it's, 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 it will never end. But remember, it is only temporary. You know, when we see that's what we see that here is an acting on better promises. Better promises. That's what we have. We have better promises than what the world has to offer. So many times when things, when bad things happen, we want to turn to the world, uh, whether it's our worldly friends for advice or, or there are vices out there that uh, is easy to, easy to want to turn to, to numb ourselves and numb our minds. But we have a better promise. It's so easy when things get tough to want to go wander right back into the world. That's why, you know, that's why so many churches don't want to preach the whole word of God. Because if you preach conviction, if you preach the cross, if you preach something's going to people aren't going to like, they may lose that, uh, that 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 fanny in the pew. So it's a whole lot easier and a whole lot safer to to preach uh, peace and prosperity, preach all the good little fun fluffy things, and uh, that way everybody goes away feeling uh, uh, so warm and fuzzy. Oh, I've done something today. God will be proud of me. I I come to church today, and they go on about their little merry way. That's not how it works. You know, the hard thing is with the pastor is to preach on those hard, controversial things that we know people aren't going to like. But if that's what God has laid on our heart to do, then that's what we have to do to preach the truth and love. If you have no conviction of sins, then you have no want for the cross. You have no reason to believe that you need to repent for your sins. And then therefore, you don't think you need a savior. See, that's the problem with too many churches. Why? Because it's hard, it's difficult, and it's easy to kind of just keep one foot in the world or one foot in the in the church or with the Lord, and you know that's not how it works, man. It's like you know, talking about Revelation, uh, you know, is uh, we're talking about the Church of Laodicea. The last days, you know, he's going to spew those out of their mouth. Either you're going to be on fire for the Lord or you're not. You need to have your toe stepped on. You need to be convicted. You need to have a mirror put in your face and realize that, whoa, man, what I'm doing is wrong. 
you know, I'm, I'm glad, you know, he may not like it at first, but then you realize, man, I need to repent of this. I need to turn away from this. I need to, you know, you don't may not like it, but it's what is best for your spiritual life and your spiritual walk. There are better things that ahead of you uh, to inherit in God's blessings, you know, and so that's what we have to look forward to. You know, it's amazing. You know, if you got to think, imagine a mirror held up to your face all the time. First of all, that's a scary thought. But two, imagine that mirror in your face every time you had road rage. If you could see your face, uh, you know, wonder if you would be so quick to lose it. If you could see your face when you're about to do something you know is wrong, would you do it? You know, that's one thing. It Sometimes God's word is like that mirror in our face, you know, that, uh, whoa, man, I don't, I don't want to do that. I got to turn from that. It's not easy. It's not hard. It wasn't easy for them. You know, here they had, you know, hundreds of years of tradition and it was hard for them to, to change to something better, something new. And that's why the writer of Hebrews is trying to explain these things to them so they can understand a better way, a better promise, and understand that Jesus Christ is that mediator. Just as Moses said, that's why he's using uh, language that they could understand. They knew that Moses was that mediator between God and the Israelites. He's trying to explain to them that there is no longer man they have to go. Sorry, there you go. Oh, there it goes. All right, so the uh, internet uh, on the social media side started to click out on me there for a second. But uh, try to explain to them that uh, Jesus Christ uh, is the true mediator between us and God, and nothing could be more perfect. Nothing could be more wonderful. And that's what, my friends, that we can bake on each and every day. That we we can praise Jesus Christ for His perfection, His goodness his love and his atoning work on the cross and that uh, he did rise again on the third day. He did ascend into heaven and one day he's going to rapture us out of this old rotten world. And uh, we may see him sooner than later, but one way or the other, my friends, we're going to see him for those who are saved, that is. So uh, let's take our, our hope and our trust in that each and every day. Let's have a word of prayer. Therefore, Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Lord, thank you for this time uh, this evening to be able to present the gospel message. Lord, help us to trust in your promises. Uh, Lord, help us not to give up when things get tough and want to go back into the world just so much as those in the when this was originally being uh, written, Lord, that they wanted to go back to the old way of life and the Jewish customs, Lord. So easy for us to want to give up and go back to our old way of life in the world. Let us trust in those promises, trust in your love and your grace and your mercy. Lord, for someone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us, lead us, God, watch your protect us till we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I appreciate each one of y'all for watching this evening. I apologize for my half-naked neighbor that was walking across the yard while we try to have service. Uh, but don't forget, um, you, for those on the website, uh, those social media already know, but those on the website, you can tune in to the website every morning at 7.15 a.m. for the uh, daily devotionals uh, live each morning. And then, uh, Lord willing, each Saturday at 6 p.m., uh, we, Brandy and I do a uh, podcast uh, that we do. It's a lot of fun. We like to joke and have a good time. And, uh, and then this Sunday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m., Fat Life Bible Church will have indoor service. And again, uh, masks are encouraged, but they are by no means mandatory. And we encourage uh, social distancing. So I hope you'll come and join us 
this Sunday, and then we'll continue to have our online service Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday night at 6, Wednesday at 7. I uh, continue to do that for a little while until uh, we can figure out what's going to, go, going to go on, and so be sure to tune in for that. But I hope everybody has a great day today, a blessed day, and Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday. Thanks for watching.